0: Thank <laughs>
1: good morning That's <sniffs>
2: Are you there?
3: I'm. I'm here. Anybody there?
2: Can you hear me? Okay.
3: Wait a minute. I hear you. Let me see. I'm not. Uh, wait a minute. Something happened here.
2: Well, I hear you.
3: Yeah. I, I was on the screen, but I'm not now. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna I see.
2: You.
3: I'm gonna. You can see me. Yeah. I can't see a thing. Let me.
2: Huh. I had to reboot.
3: I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna reboot, I'm gonna
1: do it again. Okay.
3: Yeah, I see you now. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. How you doing,
2: brother? I am doing wonderful. You said <laughs> <Good. laughs> an interesting week. Yeah. Well, yeah, your birthday, you know,
3: came and went, and so it's usually a lot, a lot of movement on that. Yeah,
2: I lived through it.
3: Yeah, of course. Yeah. What what page are we on? Do you know?
2: Um, yeah, let me uh, let me bring something up real quick.
3: Must be like two sixty or something like that. The guarantee of heaven, maybe. It's probably two sixty-two. I bet.
1: Well, she's saying two sixty-two. Yeah. Okay. Guarantee of heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I didn't get me a little I didn't get me one of those extensions so I'm kind of still messing with my my video thing.
3: Yeah, you you, you keep looking up into the sky for the lord to give you the give you
2: the... <laughs> well where I'm looking I'm looking straight when when it looks like I'm looking up
3: I'm yeah. looking
2: straight at my screen because my camera is down below.
3: Why don't you put it up above then? Oh, is it? Is
2: it? My, my cord won't reach
3: that far. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, good reason. Yeah. Well, I
2: thought it was, but, you know. <laughs> you know, I've been reading, uh, I've gone, been going back and reading some of the uh, last lessons because I, I haven't had a chance of making notes of them. And uh, there's some really interesting stuff. Yeah and and rereading that. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know if you saw that that latest email I responded back to Kelly.
3: Yeah, on extension still. Yeah, what that really okay. entails.
2: <clears throat> hmm. But, you know, if I if I go back to to that section on attainment of the real world, mm-hmm. Uh that you know, there's a lot of lot of good a lot of good stuff in that. And uh
3: Yeah, that uh, the attainment of the real world, you know, it's always <clears throat> kinda a little bit nebulous. Uh uh I understand that the real world, you know, reality, as I would understand it, it really wouldn't have, it wouldn't be form in a way, because an idea is not going to have a form either, but somehow or another we seem to have taken form even so. So we're in a, in a strange position of being a human and being a being, you know, a human being, and um, we can't deny either one of them. And, um, but being human is really just like, as I see it as form, you know? I mean, that's.
2: Well, so, I think that's what we did. We gave it form.
3: Yeah, we, we gave yeah. it form, but then how are we going to see, and by seeing the real world though, that would be, hi, Susan. Hey, good morning. Good morning.
4: Good
3: morning. Good morning. Uh, so well, we, we gave it form. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Yeah. We, we gave it form. Let's see. Uh. I was reading something about that this morning. I uh,
3: mean, yeah, uh, it's, it's easy to... To digest the fact that all of our five senses are perfectly designed for for form, the world of form. Hello there, young lady. How's San Francisco doing? See, you got your advisor over your shoulder there. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. How do you huh? do?
4: Well, let she has her audio on, huh?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I've got audio.
2: Are I you awake there, fearless leader?
4: Reverend Kelly, can you hear us? We can't hear can't you. Talk.
2: You can't talk. can't <laughs> talk. See He's, no evil, speak no evil.
3: <laughs> you changed form. Maybe that's the real form <laughs> that part with the CMC, okay? <laughs> the MC. Are you talking?
5: There we go. Am I, can you hear me now? Yeah. Right. Okay, she's so good. <laughs> was saying I was having audio problems. I was like, "Uh oh."
0: Mm. Mm. Well, the
5: audio problem today is just that I'm lo- losing my voice, but mm.
0: that's
5: okay. Are you feeling any better? From last I'm time? feeling a lot better, okay. but the um, the medication I'm on like knocks out my voice. So oh. I'm a little squeaky. <laughs> <That's
1: all right.
5: laughs> and recently showered, so I'm like, sorry, I'm a little bit of a mess. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: squeaky and voice and squeaky clean. <laughs>
5: squeaky
2: clean and squeaky voice. Yep.
5: Uh, all right, me. you scholars. Mm. Well, how are you guys doing? Before we get scholarly, since I got here last, I didn't get to hear all the updates. How's everybody doing?
2: Good. Yeah. Good. I'm sure. Yeah.
5: Nothing exciting this week. Hmm.
3: And Jack had a birthday last week, I think. Uh,
2: last I did. Week. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah.
5: Happy birthday. Thank you. The last weekend?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I turned the big 6'5". So.
5: Oh, stop? Reverend Tony turns 65 tomorrow. Who does? Reverend Tony. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't
2: know we were the same age. How about that? Guess you are. <laughs> I guess so.
5: Celebrate yeah. in style. Uh-huh. yeah well, I was to say we did um I mean, we had a little you know cake and all at the Sunday service for Reverend Tony um, and then him and his lady friend are going to Tahoe for a couple of days so I'm gonna be by myself in the office and get lots done how about
4: you Jack did you celebrate
2: uh, not really <laughs> oh well, yeah actually I did I, I uh, some friends of mine uh, took me out to dinner and Good. And um, we got a little little group that to gets together every now and then to to play uh, different games, and we played uh, Mexican Train. I don't know if y'all heard of that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I played
2: one. once. <laughs> <fun>. Nathan's going. <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: <Did> <laughs> I missed the
5: train. One, right?
3: <laughs> well, there's lots of lots of games about trains, but I never
2: heard that. One. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> well,
5: dominoes. It's a fun dominoes, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: To throw Let's back a few. One. What's that? Did you throw back a few as well to celebrate? No.
2: Well, I guess we, yeah they they usually have some wine. I depend on them to uh, to provide the different different wines because I, <laughs> I don't know nothing about wines. So I just uh, they had this prosecco. Oh, oh.
0: like
4: a champagne.
2: It's a champagne type, Yeah,
4: I love that stuff.
2: It is good. Yeah well, one that you all like. Mm. Well at least that I know about.
3: <laughs> what is it in a nutshell? What's a Mexican train? Just a short synopsis. Uh, uh
2: well it's a, it's a train you get on where they're still wearing their banditos and you know the, the cross, <laughs> uh, you know the, the guns, carrying the guns and stuff. How like far that.
4: you can go? It's
2: right off
4: track. <laughs> Then you lose. It's all about staying on track.
2: It's it's with playing it's playing with dominoes, okay? But the dominoes have anywhere from zero or to twelve domino uh, oh. dots, zero dots to twelve dots, okay. and you, and you play a game with each one of the dots. So you're playing with like uh, twelve dots, and the next next round you play with eleven dots, and then ten dots, and all okay. down until you finally get to zero zero.
3: Right. and you eat tacos and drink tequila in between, something like that.
2: Yeah. Is is, is, is there another way to play? Whatever you whatever you, whatever you want to do. it. <laughs> it. I just
3: don't I lost. It, I lost, it anyway, took me a minute.
2: We don't need any stinking dominoes. Yeah, I was in first place at the beginning. And ended up in third place. <laughs>
4: they didn't let you win?
2: No. no. They have no mercy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no mercy.
2: But I got a red velvet cake out of it.
0: <laughs> oh,
4: nice.
2: Yeah.
5: Um. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was teasing me because I didn't make the cake for Reverend Tony's birthday. Because I actually do a lot of cakes and cake decorating. oh and I was just like, I am not up to it this week. Yeah, sound like it. <laughs> so
2: yeah, I heard you about it. You tell him
5: you your cake. I was like, Ugh.
2: You could have told him you made it, but then all of a sudden you sneezed on it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just didn't want to do this
5: Yeah, no. The last cake I made it was a um, carrot cake for for oh, yeah. for um, Easter. was a good. And it looked like a big bunny rabbit. It was the equivalent of two. Like it was it was it was almost a half sheet by the time it was, you know, round and big and tall and all this.
2: You took some of the food away. I think like ten room?
5: people ate most of it.
2: But
0: <laughs> it was good, yeah. Well, I yeah. guess it was good. <laughs>
5: yeah. mm-hmm. um, well, um, oh well, let right. me rearrange here slightly. There we go.
3: What page did you guys leave off on?
5: um for the regular book we're on 262 this is not helping that my hair is dripping on the papers um for the pocket editions you guys are on 281 two,
3: what page are we on to say two what yeah. 262 262 okay got it and yeah.
5: the circle of atonement's like really different in the, a couple of these sections so it's like I mean, there are always circle atonements like 454, and it kind of matches, but mm. there's paragraphs and all that are completely different in this section. So,
0: yeah. if
5: you ever go back and peruse it, okay, one of them is significantly different, which is unusual for the original to be di- real different from the circle of atonement. This late, usually it's the first five chapters are the most changes, but this one was pretty significant. So, okay, I'll go. First, you guys can deal with me squeaking. Okay, let me rename me because I hate being. Is is this heaven? Is
4: that what we're at?
5: Um, the guarantee of heaven, (coughs) and I'll start and then we'll go, me, Jack, Nathan, and then Susan. Okay, okay, the guarantee of heaven when you when we are all united in heaven we will value nothing that you value here for nothing that you value here you value wholly, and so you do not value it at all value is where god placed it and the value of what god esteems cannot be judged for it has been established it is wholly of value it can merely be appreciated or not to value it partially is to not know its value in heaven. Sorry. In heaven is everything God valued and nothing else. Heaven is perfectly unambiguous. Everything is clear and bright and calls forth one response. There is no darkness and there is no contrast. There is no variation. There is no interruption. There is a sense of peace so deep that no dream in this world has ever brought even a dim imagining of what it is.
2: Well, you can imagine that would drive some people nuts.
5: <laughs> you know, to, I was thinking that.
2: <laughs> well, I hear that a lot. So. <laughs> nothing in this world can give this peace, for nothing in this world is wholly shared. Perfect perception can merely show you what is capable of being wholly shared. It can also show you the results of sharing while you still remember the results of not sharing. The Holy Spirit points quietly to the contrast, knowing that you will finally let him judge the difference for you, allowing him to demonstrate which must be true. He has perfect faith in your final judgment because he knows that he will make it for you. To doubt this would be to doubt that his mission will be fulfilled. How is this possible when his mission is of God? Yeah. Mission impossible,
3: huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, You whose minds are darkened by doubt and guilt, remember this. God gave the Holy Spirit to you and gave him the mission to remove all doubt and every trace of guilt that his dear son has laid upon himself. It is impossible that this mission fail. Nothing can prevent what God would have accomplished from accomplishment. Whatever your reaction to the Holy Spirit's voice may be, whatever voice you choose to listen to, whatever strange thoughts may occur to you, God's will is done. You will find the peace in which he has established you because he does not change his mind. He is invariable as the peace in which you dwell and of which the Holy Spirit reminds you.
4: You will not remember change and shift in heaven. You have need of contrast only here. Contrast and differences are very teaching aids for by them you learn what to avoid and what to seek. When you have learned this, you will find the answer that makes the need for any differences disappear. Truth comes of its own will unto its own. When you have learned that you belong to truth, it will flow lightly over you without a difference of any kind. For you will need no contrast to help you realize that this is what you want and only this. Fear not, the Holy Spirit will fail in what your Father has given him to do. The will of God can fail in nothing.
5: I am underlying. okay have faith in only this one thing and it will be sufficient god wills you be in heaven and nothing can keep you from it or it from you your wildest misperceptions your weird imaginings your blackest nightmares all mean nothing they will not prevail against the peace god wills for you the holy spirit will restore your sanity because insanity is not the will of God. If that suffices him, it is enough for you. You will not keep what God would have removed, because it breaks communication with you, with whom he would communicate. His voice will be heard.
2: The communication link which God himself placed within you, joining your minds with his, cannot be broken. You may believe you want it broken, and this belief does interfere with the deep peace in which the sweet and constant communication which God would share with you is known. Yet His his channels of reaching out cannot be wholly closed and separated from Him. Peace will be yours because His peace still flows to you from Him whose will <clears throat> is peace. You have it now. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit will teach you how to use it and by projecting it to learn that it is in you. <clears throat>
3: God, God willed you heaven and will always will you nothing else. The Holy Spirit knows only of his will. There is no chance that heaven will not be yours, for God is sure and what he wills is as sure as he is. You will learn salvation because you will learn how to save. It will not be possible to exempt yourself from what the Holy Spirit wills to teach you. Salvation is as sure as God. His certainty suffices. Learn that even the darkest nightmare that disturbed the mind of God's sleeping son holds no power over him. He will learn the lesson of awakening. (coughs) Over him and light surrounds
4: him. Can God's Son lose himself in dreams when God has placed within him the glad call to waken and be glad? He cannot separate himself from what is in him. His sleep will not withstand the call to wake. The mission of redemption will be fulfilled as surely as the creation will remain unchanged throughout eternity. You do not have to know what heaven is. You do not have to know that heaven is yours to make it so it is so yet the will of god must be accepted as your will to know it
5: holy spirit cannot fail to undo for you everything you have learned that teaches you what is not true must be reconciled with truth <clears throat> this is the reconciliation with the, which the ego would substitute for your reconciliation unto sanity and unto peace The Holy Spirit has a very different kind of reconciliation in his mind for you, and one which he will affect as surely as the ego will not affect what it attempts.
2: Failure is of the ego, not of God. From him you cannot wander, and there is no possibility that the plan the Holy Spirit offers to everyone for the salvation of everyone will not be perfectly accomplished. You will be released, and you will not remember anything you made that was not created for you and by you in return. For how can you remember what was never true, or not remember what has always been? It is this reconciliation with truth and only truth in which the peace of heaven lies. It kind of reminds me of, 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 you know, kind of what we talked about in the last section that we read. Sections that we read that we're we're not separate and apart from God. We're not. Uh, neither is Jesus, the Son of Man is, or Son of God is is not separate from God, but one. And um, that that reconciliation, within itself. Um, is enough to help us realize that any anything that we project or, or perceive of as separate and apart from God is just just false. Uh, I guess I'm going back to that question from last week, Reverend Kelly, um, and because uh, that stirred a lot of interesting thoughts and and, uh, and made some interesting. Uh, Opportunities for thought. <laughs> you will.
3: Okay, do we start the next one or are we going to discuss any of this one?
5: <clears throat> what would you like to discuss more of this one?
3: No, it's pretty pretty straightforward. Um, I like the idea, of, well yeah, a little bit. I like that of contrast and differences are only necessary as teaching aids here. You know because it just reminds me back always to this is a process of duality back to oneness and, and here in this world yes duality has its light and dark illusion and whatnot but that's that's um, no I'm, I'm ready to go to the next one unless somebody has something to comment
2: I think it's interesting how we back, bounce back and forth to this realization of uh, being of God and 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 seeing ourselves apart from God, we contemplate so much, and we and we try and rationalize and justify so many things, and 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 we we struggle. I mean, I do. I mean, I struggle to to see myself, you know, uh, as one with God, but yet this this existence or this experience. Is a constant reminder uh, of how I see that differently, <laughs> or I do how I do not see that oneness with God clearly.
3: Um, isn't it kind of a feeling, a knowing? Though you know, after a while, it's kind of a knowing who you are. Yeah, you see bodies and that sort of stuff, but in form. But there's there's something that kind of I, I find that kind of goes with you. That's a, a that's a knowing.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: that um, the form is just, you know, it's just that we have a form, yeah.
2: I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Why can't
4: we be connected to that all the time?
2: Right. Mm-hmm. I mean,
4: why can't we?
3: <laughs> be connected all the time to that knowing that, that we are one with God. mm mm-hmm. Because our eyes, we're so accustomed, I think, to all of our five senses, you know, bringing in this data and, and giving us all this sensory input. Yeah. And that we're just trained ourselves to think that this is reality, That's reality is form. And it's just a mind shift and perception then of reminding ourselves that that's, we have a form. There is form, but we are animating that form and that's, that's what lasts cause form won't last. And so it's an easy jump for me to realize that form is impermanent. And so that's not who I am. That's not reality with a capital R. Uh, I'm kind of writing in that small reality, but.
4: Uh, yeah. I, just find, I find that I can let go of really big things, but I have trouble with the little things like yesterday. It was a perfect example. I, I had this really pretty Meyer lemon tree and mm-hmm. It's just a little, you know, in a big giant pot out on the back porch. And I love this little lemon tree. It's only, I've only had it last year and this year. Over the winter, I put it out in our, we have a hanger. I put it out there because it was, co- you know, too cold. And everything went haywire over the winter here. And um, I neglected it and I dragged it out in spring. And, oh, you know, I just tweaked it and trimmed it. And it was it was, it was half dead. And I mean, that thing just... Glorious it just, it just Regrew Just bloomed out And at hunt I had so many blossoms on it Just tons of blossoms Right before I went to Larkspur To see my daughter You know in California A couple of weeks ago And I asked Bill If he would please water this plant While I'm gone It's going to need at least A watering or two Because I want all those Every one of those Would turn into a lemon And if I miss this opportunity Then we just don't get more On the tree here Well, I came home All dead, and he said, "Oh, he was sorry, and he felt bad." You know, they were dead in the door. I have not been able to let that go. I keep going out looking at my poor tree. All you know, I won't get any probably any lemons, and I'm so pissed off. I mean, I'm not. I am not. Like I'm not really. He's so busy. He's like, you know, workaholic. He's working his butt off to try to make things happen. I appreciate that, but damn, that tree, I'm so mad. And why can't I let it go? You know. I just don't get it. Like, it's so stuck up here. Yeah. But I let go of other things mm-hmm. that are huge and they don't come back. Like, I, I just don't understand that. The
5: ego justifies it.
0: God, does you it? Know?
5: Because it's like there's a the part of you that goes, Oh, you know, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to follow the spiritual path and the ego, you know, if the ego said to you, you need to be always mad at your husband, you know, I assume we're talking husband, are we talking husband? Uh Okay. I was like, wait, do we have a husband? Okay. (laughs) You know, if you, if the ego said to you, you need to be mad at the husband all the time. You'd be like, I'm not going to do that. But if the ego says, Hey, look at that lemon tree died. You're like, Oh yeah, that lemon tree died. It's like we find it much easier to tolerate what we think of as little upsets. And yet the Course says, you know, there is no little upset. And up, a little upset's the same as murder.
3: Exactly. Sounds- you
5: know, but I think we, we because of how we process, we, we categorize things as bigger or littler yeah. so that we can stay in ego and tolerate it.
2: Yep. You know, I made I made some notes uh, this last week, and one of the notes pertained to um, what what are these illusions for? What what is this this dream of dream for? And and some of the thoughts in the past have been, well, if if these illusions are so bad, you know, why did God create them? You know,
4: <laughs> it's like How we created them. He did create them.
2: And there's the point, you know, the point is, is that because they're possible, to me, they're part of God. Okay. They are part of, of oneness. Okay. But they're there for a purpose. I don't know what that purpose is, you know, and, and I, I can't explain it, but they're there for a purpose. And, and I think it probably has uh, something to do to perhaps help us to be, Uh, creative in our efforts to create eternal, you know, creations, Um, perhaps just to give us ideas. I don't know. I really don't know. But I do know that in the, in the illusions, they are there to help us move towards awakening because everything that happens, everything that's brought to our attention is there for our best benefit and, and to keep us on the path uh, to awakening. Now, it's up to us to decide if it's a terrible thing or if it has a purpose that we just haven't quite considered.
4: I appreciate that.
2: Okay? Yeah. That, that has meaning mm-hmm. towards our awakening.
3: Yeah. As I say, everything augurs for the good for everyone concerned. But if you have a question, it seems like to me, on anything, what are these illusions for? Okay, the question always, as the Course is what is this for? What's its purpose? So you're asking, what is the purpose of these illusions that I've created, right? And uh, the purpose for me is always, it's just for healing and correcting, you know, Mm -hmm. my mind.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And I question that. I, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not being mean or anything. i just, I'm going, you know, these, these illusions have a purpose. They have a reason but I don't know that I'm ever gonna realize what that reason is until I awaken or until I'm enlightened. So it's like, why should I even bother myself with concerning myself with what the reason is if I'm, if I'm never really gonna know or really understand it? Now, I think, I, I do believe that understanding because it is our inheritance, uh, I, I believe that understanding can come to me even, even this, in this experience um but until i'm ready and willing to receive it in light of love i just don't think i'm gonna get it
5: uh you, I, I
2: don't see him as a bad thing
5: no as I say I, I i think you know i mean i think the course talks and there's some difference between teachers as to how they interpret why the illusion came into being and all this um but I think the course is clear that for me, at least in my mind, that Holy spirit takes everything and transforms it to support mm-hmm. us in our awakening. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you in a sense of like, you know, I'll never really, I don't think I will know the exact purpose. I mean, I can generally say this is for awakening. Mm-hmm. I think maybe an easier way of looking at it for me, um, because that yeah, you say, that. I'm like, yeah, why say what's the purpose? That feels a little overwhelming is I could say, what can I learn from this? Yes. Let's and that makes it a little more like, you know, manageable within my realm of comprehension.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Jack looks deep in thought.
2: Well, I, I, I had to go back to the, the section that uh, we read before, the sections that we read before. Where it says uh, about the Holy Spirit, Uh, it says that uh, apart from the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit has no function. He is not separate from either, either being in the mind of both and knowing that mind is one. He is a thought of God and God has given him to you because he has no thoughts and he does not share. So that, that kind of, uh, of left me going, okay, well, the Holy Spirit is there. It's that thought of God that's always with us because it's like we can go, we can go to all the illusions we want to, but the Holy Spirit's there to keep us or to help, well, basically to keep us from making it real, and if we do make it real, to help guide us out of that seeming reality. Does that make sense?
3: Um, yeah, I think there's, uh, the Holy Spirit as such, which is our connection always to oneness and truth, is using this world of illusions always. It's the GPS, you know, it's using the illusions that we create and it's the yeah. GPSing us back home to truth always. You know, so yes, we're going to make illusions, you know, but the Holy Spirit is still, the Spirit is still working within this world of illusions to roadmap us home. You know, if you got if you got the trust and you got the open mind to see it, if you're going to resist, you know, say this is bullshit, you know, and and I don't like it all. Well, you're stuck, man. You're on flypaper, you know, and you know. So until you let go, you you you're not going very far.
2: Yeah. Well, I agree. I I think the the roadmap example is a is a is a great example. Uh, I just think that that we had the ability. To or, or, or that ability within oneness to venture into illusions for whatever that purpose is, for whatever that reason is, and it because it exists, it's possible, it has a reason. But wow. I think we can get lost in it, and I yeah. think the Holy Spirit is there to basically help guide us back and get us back on a path that will lead us back out of it if we get stuck in the belief that it's real. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't get lost in in that chasing your tail on why and why these illusions, you know, that's just like analyzing the ego, why it's it's not going to be productive, you know, evidently we do this, and uh, so the main question is how to get out of it, so
2: not to... Yeah. Well and good point because I think it I think the Holy Spirit is going to guide us out whether we want to or not. It is.
3: And the more we resist and start, you know, we're just wasting time, you we're know.
2: Deciding to stay there. <laughs>
3: yeah. I say, Our what, choice. you know, what's this fairyland, you know? Yeah. It's just a dream.
0: Yeah.
5: And I actually brought up something that I was um that I noticed on this section. There's a lot on this section about like no matter what happens, the Holy Spirit or God's got it.
0: Mm-hmm. You what? Know, I don't
5: know, what I underline, the will of God can fail in nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: I thought the funny one which just made me laugh, because he has perfect faith in your final judgment because he knows he's gonna make it for you. <laughs> you know, so it was kinda of, there was a lot to me in this that's really you uh, this part's talking about the joining and it cannot be broken. Um
2: our true will and his will are the same.
5: Yeah, there's definitely a an assurity that regardless of what we think and do, <clears throat> Holy Spirit's going to work it out in the end. Yeah. <laughs> question on question.
4: Have faith in only this one thing, and it will be sufficient. God wills you to be in heaven, and nothing can keep you from it or it from you. But yesterday in our group, it was read... By somebody, something about how we're not—none of us are going to get to heaven until we all get there. Something like that. Do you remember that, Nathan? I made. Of- yeah.
3: yeah, I remember you making a comment about kind of like a desperation comment. Like, man, I'm not getting out of here till everybody gets out of here. It's like jailhouse, you know, jailhouse blues. And um, I know I, I've I've worked with that some myself too. And and I don't know as I have a real clear answer other than if there's only one mind, then you know. It's only one mind here. And so it's taking it personally, then I would think, oh, man, I want to get out of here myself. I don't care about you guys. I'm just getting out of this jailhouse, you know, but uh, I don't since there's no just one mind. You can't do that. You know, it's
5: going to get there. Right. Ever. Well, ever, ever, ever. I think we will. Holy Spirit's going to get us there.
2: Well, isn't that what Jesus said about himself? Yeah. he yeah, can't return without the rest of us. Why is that?
3: Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, know, you have the bodhisattvas that are supposedly enlightened, and they stay around to help everybody else. And so it's kind of confusing, confusing uh, deal, but I kind of go back to just one mind again. You know, it's when it says, we all go home together, I, I took a front at that, and it's probably because I still like to think there's private mind. You know, I still have a private me. Yeah. Which is insane, and I'm trying to dislodge that and to realize it's all just one. Every you guys are just a reflection of my own mind, and it's somehow mysteriously intertwined. Yeah.
2: Okay. That's so true. I mean, uh, for for, I, I think that's why you know Jesus. You know, it's like Jesus is still still around. All the others that have become enlightened are still around is because they know that this this illusion is something that until until it's resolved, okay, it's never gonna be forgotten.
3: You know, this being around is is probably something like the quantum field. Nothing energy is never yeah. lost. And so um it's not like they're here or not here. Right. Or we're here or not here. Uh um but it has been on my mind too. So it's been about that, you know, a long time it says, you know, how do you, but, uh, if 7 billion people here, it means you got to wait till every, you know, slow poke in, in line gets a popsicle, you know, no, you know.
4: <laughs> yeah. One of, one of my, my brothers never going there.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> one you know, I got one that he, he, yeah, <laughs> we all do. We all got those guys. And so, so it must be that I'm not understanding it correctly because, yes. and so I just kind of assume that it's one mind and and, and uh, it's a spiral hologram somehow or another, and so everything's happening at the same time. I do agree this that the script is already written; it's already over. As soon as the insane, impossible idea started, the solution was done, and the and the end was done at the same time. And it, but we kind of put time into this uh, this elastic that it's really time in your marking, you know, which is impossible. So the impossible idea came, the solution came, and the end came at the same time because in oneness, cause and effect are one. But we've broken it up here and trying to think cause and effect has a space of time involved to it, which is, is not correct. That's incorrect. That's ego thinking. And so – when it says that we're all going home together, we've already gone home. You know, it's just we're reliving the past somehow or another too. Hmm. It's already happened.
2: And um Well I think illusions allow for this elasticity, if you will. You know, and I just I just don't see that we uh it's like your brother. Uh, okay, you say your brother will never well we got to let go of that idea too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it, because,
4: yeah that was a big judgment
2: Well, you know if if we if we, if we want to stay in the illusion, okay, then we're, we're going to believe that others are just lost mm-hmm. and and and, and, and yeah. if we read this if we read the course, we know that we're not lost. so wouldn't that mean that well others are not really lost forever either?
3: Mm-hmm. Good point, I like
2: that so, this, it's it's a matter of like I've, I've read several things where, where it talks about well Jesus is still um, in essence around, if you will, okay well, others that become enlightened they're still around in a way, and they're they're here, and they can choose to either help others or they can sit back and eat bonbons, you know whatever. The thing is, is that until we are willing to awaken as one, which we are, then we're going to still, you know, wander around in the wilderness.
3: Yeah, the the comment, Susan, and, and me too, about my brother... That's, that's quite a – that's a heavy judgment. It's coming from me, you know, that I'm judging my brother that he's the epitome of an ego. You know, okay, really, it's me. I'm seeing my own ego in him, and I know that. But I still haven't let go of the fact that he'll be the last one to get, you know, to <laughs>
4: – Well, and here I'm sitting here thinking, here I think I'm so humble. Uh. I just did this huge, I'm better than him thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
5: I was just going to say that that's to me is more I mean, of the like, egos that thought that we, yeah. we can oh, judge. Oh, my brother. And but, I've, um, he's just a knuckle dragger. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had the experience of having just, someone who was a no. spiritual teacher quantifying and basically ranking how spiritual the people were in the class.
0: Yeah.
5: And it was like, Mm-hmm. You no, know, i i literally got told at one point like you're the worst one in the class i have like 12 people mm-hmm. and i was like interesting are you kidding me you know i was like i tried to do all this forgiveness work and i'm loving and i'm forgiving and you ranked me bottom you know and i uh it just really brought in that to me like we don't you know we don't know where we ourselves are no you know the things we think are great we th- are bad the things we think are bad we're great and i'm like we don't even know where we ourselves are
0: exactly
5: there's no way we know where somebody else is spiritually And it was funny because in the midst of that person doing you know this whole ranking and telling me i was the worst he was like oh you know someone is offering free astrology readings you should go get one done. Maybe they can give you some guidance. So I said, okay. So I went and did it. Right? And the guy goes, as he's doing the ring. He goes, oh, that's why well, he goes. This is really unusual. I said, what? Well, he goes, well, there's this one number that comes up about how spiritual you are, and you're like one of the highest I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, great. So I have two teachers can be exactly opposites, you know? You, you just...
2: Well, another interesting thought is that uh, yeah. you know I look at it from the standpoint of going. Well, you know what? Holy Spirit has each of us right where he wants us because he can work with us each right where we're at. Yeah. You know, and so we might as well just enjoy it. And, and we can laugh about it. I, I look at people and I catch myself judging judging them and I, I go, wait a minute, they're right where they need to be, you know, so i laugh with them, I'll enjoy them and, and just have fun. And, you know, help them when I can, or, you know, they'll help me when they can. And I just look both ways. <laughs> yeah. Let,
5: let's move on. Let's Let's roll on to the second section. See, I knew if i gave you guys there a minute, you'd keep talking, so. Oh,
3: yeah. That's the testimony of miracles. Yes, you are blessed indeed. Yet in this world, you do not know it. But you have the means for learning it and seeing it quite clearly. The Holy Spirit uses logic as easily and as well as does the ego, except that his conclusions are not insane. They take a direction exactly opposite, pointing as clearly to heaven as the ego points to darkness and to death. We have followed much of the ego's logic and have seen its logical conclusions, and having seen them, we have realized that they cannot be seen but in illusions, for there for their alone their seeming clearness seems to be clearly seen. Let us now turn away from them and follow the simple logic by which the Holy Spirit teaches you, the simple conclusions that speak for truth and only truth.
4: If you are blessed and do not know it, you need to learn it must be so. The knowledge is not taught, but its conditions must be acquired, for it is they that have been thrown away. You can learn to bless and cannot... Give what you have not. If then you offer blessing, it must have come first to yourself and you must also have accepted it as yours for how else could you give it away?
5: That is why your miracles offer you the testimony that you are blessed. If what you offer is complete forgiveness, you must, must let guilt go, accepting the atonement for yourself and learning you are guiltless. How could you learn what has been done for you, but which you do not know unless you do what you would have to do if it had been done unto you? A lot of doing <laughs> indirect proof of truth is needed in a world made of denial and without direction. You will perceive the need for this. If you will realize that to deny is the decision not to know The logic of The world must therefore lead to nothing, for its goal is nothing.
2: If you decide to have and give and be nothing except a dream, you must direct your thoughts unto oblivion. And if you have and give and are everything, and all this has been denied, your thought system is closed off and wholly (coughs) separated from the truth this is an insane world and do not underestimate the actual extent of of its insanity this is no area of your perception that is that it has not touched there is no area of your perception that it has not touched and your dream is sacred to you that is why god placed the holy spirit in you where you placed the dream
3: Seen is always outward. <clears throat> Were your thoughts wholly of you, the thought system which you made would be forever dark. The thoughts which the mind of God's Son projects have all the power that he gives to them. The thoughts he shares with God are beyond his belief, and those he made are his beliefs. And it is these, and not the truth, that he has chosen to defend and to love. They will not be taken from him, but they can be given up by him for the source of their undoing is in him. There is nothing in the world to teach him that the logic of the world is totally insane and leads to nothing. Yet in him was a lot of ends here. Now, Mm -hmm. in him who made this insane logic, there is one who knows it leads to nothing for he knows everything.
4: Any direction which will lead you where the Holy Spirit leads you not goes nowhere. Anything you deny, which he knows to be true, you have denied yourself, and he must therefore teach you not to deny it. Undoing is indirect, as doing is. You were created only to create, neither to see nor do. These are but indirect expressions of the will to live, which is blocked by the capricious and unholy whim of death, and murder that your father shared not with you. You have set yourselves the task of sharing what cannot be shared. And while you think it impossible to learn to do this, you will not believe all that is possible to learn to do.
5: The Holy Spirit therefore must begin his teaching by showing you what you can never learn. His message is not indirect, but he must introduce the simple truth into a thought system which has become so twisted and so complex that you cannot see that it means nothing. He merely looks at its foundation and dismisses it, but you, who cannot undo what you have made, nor escape the heavy burden of its dullness that lies upon your minds, cannot see through it. It deceives you because you chose to deceive yourselves. Those who choose to be deceived will merely attack direct approaches, which would seem but to encroach upon deception and strike at it.
2: Hmm. Shall we continue or
5: Well, let's 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 contemplate and then comment for I'm just kind of glancing. If anybody glances at something faster, yeah, I just that last, I guess it's next last sentence kind of struck me. It says, It deceives you because you choose to deceive yourselves. And I heard once, um, kind of the counter statement to that is that which you are seeking is seeking you. And it just seemed um, to me that just jumped out because I've heard the seeking comment a lot, I have not heard it in the deceptive realm. Um and it's just interesting. I think with the whole thought of projection, it's definitely like you know, that which we put forth comes back to us. You know, if we're, if we're seeking to know God, God is going to be available to us. If we're seeking to um, you know, evidence of this world, evidence that we're in um you know, the illusion, or you know, like evidence of, you know, my sister's an idiot. Well, if I think my sister's an idiot, well, guess what? I keep seeing evidence of my sister's an idiot, you know. And so it's it's just an interesting concept. That's really it's like whatever we see, whatever happens to us, is because we had already chosen it.
3: Yes, we've already decided what we wanted to see, and it just reflects it back to us. My brother's an idiot. You know, and it's really a reflection on you know. I'm seeing the past, and I'm seeing the judgment. I'm really seeing me, and so uh, it just gives me another opportunity on a because those sisters, idiots that are brothers, are are really our greatest teachers, man. They're giving us a huge gift. You know, it's like Shakespeare. They're just playing a role, and they're playing it perfectly, man. I tripped myself up and thinking, you know, he was an idiot. You know, I'm just talking about myself. <laughs> you know, so yeah.
4: Um, It's crazy.
3: Mm -hmm. There's one sentence on the the next to last paragraph. You were created only to create, neither to see nor do.
2: Hold my attention, too.
3: These are but indirect expressions of the will to live within a block. You were created only to create. Neither to see, okay, to see. Of course, we 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 talked about that and hear a lot that uh, that seeing is just trip up, you know, time because it's it's form that you're seeing and that's not oneness. Neither to see nor do, and I guess the do would be you need do nothing, you know, except the truth of who you are, and you know, I don't know.
2: You know, I I tend to uh, when when I when we read that it kind of instantly caught my attention, and it made me think that you know when we're creating, we're creating out of truth and out out of true knowledge that we already have. So there's no need to go back and look at it, and there's no need to go and do anything about it. Yeah, there's no
3: need to do anything. Now, but First, identify what's the, what do you call creating, because that'll trip us up, first of all. You know, creating in form, you know, with your own hands and, you know, what is creating?
2: Well, creating true reality, and I think that's one of the things that we're trying to understand through the course is what, what reality is. Uh, I don't know that we can understand what reality is in this experience but uh, it's, it's trying to get our mind, change our mind back so that we no longer have to really pursue an elusive thought, if that makes sense. <clears throat> because this, this world is illusion and it's, and it's elusive to us and, and we're chasing it, we're, we're, tra- we're trying to chase meanings, we're trying to chase understandings, we're I even mean, trying to chase, no, chase knowledge. Uh, and it's already within us. Um, and, and what it's saying here, to neither to see nor do, means that you're not having to contemplate what is already true and what's already true knowledge. You're just creating. But I'm sorry, my mind's not there yet, <laughs> at least in this experience. <laughs> I, I'd like to reawaken to that. But... I'm obviously you know still taking sleeping pills.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
5: let's do a happy learner.
3: Okay. We'll Who's up?
5: Us and then we'll break.
3: Who's up first? Uh, yeah. Oh you're um, on Jack is yeah. <laughs>
2: The Holy Spirit needs a happy learner in whom his mission can be happily accomplished. Hmm. You who are steadfastly devoted to misery must first recognize that you are miserable and not happy. The Holy Spirit cannot teach without this contrast, for you believe that misery is happiness. This has so confused you that you have undertaken to learn to do what you can never do, believing that that unless you learn it, you will not be happy. You do not realize that the foundation on which this most peculiar learning goal depends means absolutely nothing. It does not, it it does make sense to you. (laughs) Yeah, see you too.
3: Have faith in nothing, and you will find the treasure that you sought. Yet you will add another burden to your mind, already burdened, or you would not have sought another. You will believe that nothing is of value and will value it. A little piece of glass, a speck of dust, a body or a war, one to you. For if you value one thing made of nothing, you have valued, you have believed that nothing can be precious, and that you can learn how to make the untrue true.
2: Oh, that's such a good one. Yeah.
4: (laughs) The Holy Spirit, seeing where you are, but knowing you are elsewhere, begins his lesson in simplicity with the fundamental teaching that truth is true. This is the hardest lesson you will ever learn, and in the end, the only one. Simplicity is very difficult for twisted minds. Consider all the distortions you have made of nothing, all the strange forms and feelings and actions and reactions that you have woven out of it, like my lemon tree. (laughs) It's a simple truth and nothing are you less inclined to listen to. The contrast between what is true and what is not is perfectly apparent, yet you do not see it.
5: The simple and the obvious are not apparent to those who would make palaces and royal robes of nothing, believing they are kings with golden crowns because of them. All this the Holy Spirit sees and teaches simply that all this is not true. To these unhappy learners who would teach themselves nothing and delude themselves into believing that it is not nothing. The Holy Spirit says With steadfast quietness The truth is true Nothing else matters Nothing else is real And everything beside it is not there Let me make the one Distinction for you which you cannot make But need to learn Your faith in nothing is Deceiving you Offer your faith to me and I will place it Gently in the holy place Where it belongs you will find no deception there but only the simple truth, and you will love it because you will understand it.
2: Like you, a whole oh,
4: wow, sorry, that was my phone. Did we get the,
2: the, the bonus phone. question or what? I
4: turned it off. It is oh,
2: off. was that yours? Okay,
4: yeah, why would it ring if it's off?
2: Wow. A oh, we had a bonus question here. Holy Spirit, there,
3: yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like you, the Holy Spirit did not make truth. Like God, He knows it to be true. He brings the light of truth into the darkness and lets it shine on you. And it shines, your brothers, and as it shines, your brother sees it. And realizing that this light is not what you have made, they see it in you more than you see. That's cool. (laughs) They will be happy learners of the lesson which this light brings to them, because it teaches them release from nothing and from all the works of nothing. The heavy chains chains which seem to bind them unto despair they do not see As nothing until you bring the light to them. And then they see the chains have disappeared, and so they must have been nothing. And you will see it with them because you taught them gladness and release. They will become your teachers in release and gladness because you taught them gladness and release.
0: Okay.
3: When you teach anyone that truth is true, you learn it with him. And so you learn that what seemed hardest was the easiest. Learn to be a happy learners. Learn to be happy learners. You will never learn how to make nothing everything. Yet see that this has been your goal and recognize how foolish it has been. Be glad it is undone, for when you look at it in simple honesty, it is undone. We said before, be not content with nothing for you have believed that nothing could content you. It is not so.
4: If you would be a happy learner, you must give everything that you have learned over to the Holy Spirit to be unlearned for you, and then begin to learn the joyous lessons that come quickly on the firm foundations that truth is true. For what is builded...
0: Yeah.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Builded there (laughs) is... What? (laughs) Okay, it's true and built on truth, the universe of learning will open up before you in all its gracious simplicity. Before you, you will not look back.
5: Happy learner meets the conditions of learning here, as he also meets the conditions of knowledge in the kingdom. All this lies in the Holy Spirit's plan to free you from the past and open up the way to freedom for you for truth is true, what else could ever be or ever was? The simple lesson holds the key to the dark door, which you believe is locked forever. You made this door of nothing, and behind it is nothing. The key is only the light which shines away the shapes and forms and fears of nothing. Accept this key to freedom from the hands of Christ who gives it to you that you may join him in the holy task of bringing light to darkness. For like your brothers, you do not realize the light has come and freed, freed you from the sleep of darkness.
2: <clears throat> Behold your brothers in their freedom and learn of them how to be free of darkness. The light in you will waken them and they will not leave you asleep. The vision of Christ is given the very instant that it is perceived. Where everything is clear, it is all holy. The quietness of its simplicity is so compelling that you will realize it is impossible to deny the simple truth. For there is nothing else. God is everywhere, and his Son is in him with everything. Can he sing the dirge of sorrow when this is true? Right. And they all said, no. <laughs> he can't sing the dirge.
5: <laughs> On a side note, building is actually a word. Yeah. And I didn't know it either. I just wow. glanced it up. But it's an archaic or non-standard past tense of the word build. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like they built it. Same yeah. as built, but it's the archaic or non standard version.
3: Yeah, it's a Shakespeare term. Yeah.
5: Okay.
3: We're going to have a little break.
5: We're going to have a little break in like three minutes when you discuss this. Okay. <laughs> For how many minutes? Nathan's like, I want a break. Want a break. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan hasn't had his coffee yet. I think this morning. Uh,
3: I've had two. I have a couple of liters of water and some coffee. Lots of. Co- All right, yeah. good. that's good.
2: <laughs> well, what are we gonna do here?
5: Comment, and then I'll let you go on break. Comment. Do you have anything to comment? Oh, we well, comment. Nothing to comment.
3: I like the, the truth is true. I mean, and that's what, you know, we've been conditioned here in duality land again to think that there's true and false, you know, and it's just a, a mix up in words. It's only just like God is, truth is, I am, you know, it's it's that whole thing of oneness. And um seems like I've spent most of my life looking for what's true, but I've been using this contrast of, of dark and light and things where mm, and, and letting letting everything be giving up everything I thought I knew, you know and learned that's been the second hardest thing I think is to let it all go, you know and to be taught and uh this one concept of just truth is, and that's that's all she wrote um It's a good one for me, anyway, let it be.
5: Yeah, I was just kind of looking at this it. So it says the Holy Spirit needs a happy learner in whom his mission can be happily accomplished. And I was thinking, well, what's the happy learner? But then when I was kind of glancing through, it's like the happy learner is just the one who's willing to actually accept truth is true. And I'll yeah, you know, be like, I'm going to hang on to my false beliefs, you know. The happy learner is the one who's like, oh, okay, I'm ready to learn.
3: Yeah, you gave it all up, you know. And that that makes you happy. You don't have to carry around all this crap that you learned that was that was crap, and you thought was good crap. But I mean, it's right. you, you, it's still
2: crap. Oh, you
4: know, so. <laughs> well, when you get some um, some feedback, like I did with my silly lemon tree, what is the purpose of this? You know, why am I why am I looking at it the way I am? Why? You know, but what you said, you know. But it's for my healing and what can I learn from this? It changes everything and it makes me happy. I get really excited about cool. where I'm you know, I'm gonna buy lemons from the damn store. <laughs>
2: <laughs> from the damn store.
0: Right? Just letting that go is
3: suddenly easier. <laughs> yeah, for, forming that habit of letting it go, the quicker we let it go, the quicker we get out of hell, you yeah. know? And uh yeah. so
2: it's yeah. yeah. Well, there's some there's some simplicity to it. I, I noticed that running through this is, is a theme of simplicity. Mm-hmm. And and it says here, uh, the universe of learning will open up before you in all its gracious simplicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more we try and make it complicated or find some, you know, underlying meanings and things like that, we close ourselves off to spirit uh, from revealing the, the true simplicity of it.
3: You, you know, you're exactly right how we how the ego is the complicated makes things complicated. And we think that that's, that's yeah. really, you know, intelligent. And then like, you know, yeah. how simple can you get? Truth is true. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, end of story, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we don't want to stop there, do we? You know, the ego wants to, say in. it
5: isn't the end of our story. No. <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> it's just like the other way of saying it. it really is one is one and zero is zero, you know, You know, if oneness is zero, you know, that's it. You know, you don't want to talk about two threes and fours. Why? You know, it's just, you know, nothing.
5: Mm -hmm. I like the first part of 62 just kind of struck me given the, you know, before we started reading discussion. Um, But it says, you know, the, the happy learner meets the conditions of learning here as meets the conditions of knowledge in the kingdom all this lies in the Holy Spirit's plan to feed free you from the past. It's interesting that makes that connection of the happy learners. It's not just like, Oh, you're, you're, you're so spiritual that you're not learning anything on in the illusion. It's like, it's a combination of you're learning both and the Holy Spirit's using the learning from the illusion the learning on the spiritual realm to bring us to our awakening. Just an interesting little quote there. Mm -hmm. Okay, Nathan, break time.
3: Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, ten minutes, five minutes? What is
5: it? We'll do 12. We always do 12.
3: Oh, okay. so
5: We'll get 9. Well, for you guys, 11, 17.
3: All right. Okay.
0: Ciao.
5: You can watch my dog in the meantime. I'll put her on the camera.
0: <laughs>
5: Here she is. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh. Oh. Man. Mm. mm mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
3: Oh, you got a different screen now. (laughs) You were up, you were down there and now you're up.
5: Mm -hmm. Did I move?
2: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, y'all shifted positions. <laughs> oh,
5: see, you're all the same for me.
2: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah.
5: It's
2: all a mm-hmm. matter of perception, isn't it?
0: Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, I went back in, in a, a few paragraphs from where we ended it, and left uh, and to read that italicized mm. section again, and, uh, and it dawned on me because it seemed to be somewhat relative to what we've been discussing today. Uh, it says, let me make the one distinction. He's talking about, uh, say, the truth is true, okay? Nothing else matters. Nothing else is true. And everything beside it is not there. He goes on to say, let me make the one distinction for you, which you cannot make, but need to learn. So all these things that we don't understand, okay? I he's saying, let me make the distinctions for you. Your faith in nothing is deceiving you. And and I think that's pretty prevalent, real relevant here because the nothingness, you know, is just deceiving us. And offer your faith to me and I will place it gently in the holy place where it belongs. You will find no deception there, but only the simple truth. And you will love it simply because you will understand it. And I I guess I often think that that must be one of the things that we're really afraid of is we're, we're afraid of feeling perhaps we're afraid of feeling guilty. Uh, Perhaps we're afraid of uh, revealing the truth that is within us, you know, that we've, that we perceived falsely and we don't want it known (laughs) Uh, or, or we just truly don't understand. And, but by allowing spirit to, Revealed to us, uh, the understanding will come when we're ready to receive it, like like the course says. So, I think within that that little section there is quite a bit,
0: hmm.
2: and uh, and, it, and it opens. I think it opens us up to realizing that what we're dealing with is nothing but the realization of our false perceptions. You know things that we've made real or or believe strong enough that we've made it real to our minds, and that it can be undone.
5: Well, moving on, where I think Nathan, I think- The
3: decision for guilt, guiltlessness, right? Yep. (laughs) Okay. Decision for guiltlessness. Learning will be commensurate with motivation, and the interference in your motivation for learning is exactly the same as that which interferes with all your thinking. Hmm. Hmm. The happy learner cannot feel guilty about learning. This is so essential to learning that it should never be forgotten. The guiltless learner learns so easily because his thoughts are free. Yet, this entails the recognition that guilt is interference, not salvation, and serves no useful function at all.
4: You are accustomed to using guiltlessness merely to offset the pain of guilt. You do not look upon it as having value in itself. You believe that guilt and guiltlessness are both of value, each representing an escape from what the other does not offer you. You do not want either alone, for without both, you do not see yourselves as whole and therefore happy. Yet you are whole only in your guiltlessness, and only in your guiltlessness can you be happy. There is no conflict here. To wish for guilt in any way, in any form, will lose appreciation of the value of your guiltlessness and push it from your sight.
5: There is no compromise that you can make with guilt and escape the pain which only guiltness allays. Learning is living here as creating is being in heaven. That's interesting. Whenever the pain of guilt seems to attract you, remember that if you yield to it, you are deciding against your happiness and you will not learn how to be happy. Say therefore to yourself gently, but with the conviction born of the love of God and his son. What I experience, I will make manifest. If I am guiltless, I have nothing to fear. I choose to testify to my acceptance of the atonement, not for its rejection. I would accept my guiltlessness by making it manifest and sharing it. Let me bring peace to God's son from his father.
2: Each day... Each hour and minute, even every second, you are deciding between the crucifixion and the resurrection, between the ego and the Holy Spirit. The ego is the choice for guilt, the Holy Spirit, the decision for guiltlessness. The power of decision is all that is yours. What you can decide between is fixed because there are no alternatives except truth. And illusion and there is no overlap between them because there are opposites because they are opposites which cannot be reconciled and cannot both be true you are guilty or guiltless bound or free happy or unhappy the miracle teaches
3: you that you have chosen guiltlessness freedom and joy It is not a cause but an effect. It is the natural result of choosing right, attesting to your happiness that comes from choosing to be free of guilt. Everyone you offer healing to returns it. Everyone you attack keeps it and cherishes it by holding it against you. whether he does this or not does not make any, will make no difference, you will think he does. It is impossible to offer what you do not want without this penalty. I like this. The cost of giving is receiving. Either it is, it is a penalty from which you suffer or the happy purchase of a treasure to hold dear.
2: <laughs> That's true. I
3: like that.
4: No penalty is ever asked of God's son except by himself and of himself. Every chance given him to heal is another opportunity to replace darkness with light and fear with love. If he refuses it, he binds himself to darkness because he did not choose to free his brother and enter light with him. By giving power to nothing, he threw away the joyous opportunity to learn that nothing has no power. And by not dispelling darkness, he became afraid of darkness and of light. The joy of learning that darkness has no power over the son of God is the happy lesson. The Holy Spirit teaches and would have you teach with him. It is his joy to
5: teach it as it will be yours.
0: it's wow, beautiful.
5: The way to teach this simple lesson is merely this guiltlessness is invulnerability Therefore, make your invulnerability manifest to everyone and teach him that whatever he may try to do to you, your perfect freedom from the belief that you can be harmed shows he is guiltless. Shows him he is guiltless. He can do nothing that can hurt you. And by refusing to allow him to think he can, you can teach him that the atonement, which you have accepted for yourself, is also his. There is nothing to forgive. No one can hurt the Son of God. His guilt is wholly without cause, and being without cause cannot exist.
2: Um, God is the only cause. And guilt is not of him. Teach no one he has hurt you, for if you do, you teach yourself that what is not of God has power over you. The causeless cannot be. Do not attest to it, and do not foster belief in it in any mind. Remember always that mind is one and cause is one you will learn communication with this oneness only when you learn to deny the causeless and accept the cause of god as yours the power that god has given to his son is his and nothing else can his son see or choose to look upon without imposing on himself the penalty of guilt in place of all the happy teachings the Holy Spirit would gladly offer him.
5: Really quickly, I want to pause there. Yeah. It's a really long section. Okay. So So um, this is actually, the Circle of Atonement actually has a different section, starting with this next paragraph. So I feel it's a good spot. Let's pause and discuss the first half to third of this section. Okay. A long section, so. Huh. I say it was interesting. Um, I was actually having this thought this morning about this part. Um, The way to teach this simple lesson is merely this guiltlessness is in vulnerability. And this is going to be an odd association, but I happen to have been thinking about vulnerability this morning. Um, Reverend Tony has this Facebook group, it's like 12,000 plus people. And he pretty much just manages it, makes sure that, you know, People aren't off topic. People are, you know, not being mean to each other. It's, of course, a miracles group. Um, but certain people in the group constantly are bringing up his sexuality. I mean, like, constantly. And and I've talked about it in the group, but it was a weird thing today because I log on today. And Reverend Kelly was like, I don't want to talk about my sexuality anymore. I don't mind people who are monogamous. By the way, Reverend Kelly has already said, da 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 it goes through the whole thing about me, like, not having slept with anyone until I got married. And I, <laughs> I was told about, like, totally outed my whole sexual life, which is pretty boring. But it was weird because it was like, he was like, she's very morally conservative. And I was like, I don't know if I see myself as morally conservative. But, like, I don't feel comfortable sleeping around with multiple people. And I was like, well, why is that? And I was like, I feel vulnerable. I feel vulnerable when I'm intimate relationships and I don't like that vulnerability. And so it was just interesting that in the reading, you know, cause I was having this whole thought about why do I feel vulnerable? I know I can't be attacked, you know, but I'm like, I still don't feel comfortable having sex with people. I'm not intimately romantic with. And that was just interesting cause it was like, I'm thinking of vulnerability and then it just like comes up in the text, you know? The way it teach the simple lesson is this is guiltlessness is invulnerability. And I was just like, okay, I have no clue how I'm going to relate those two right now. But it jumped out at me. Mm. Well, but I guess, not,
2: there's some fears of rejection perhaps. Yeah. You know, we all well, have that.
4: And the deep-seated, <laughs> deep-rooted value system that you probably have, that we each have. Yeah. In fact, yeah. not just that. Um, it causes you to feel, you know, vulnerable, but is that in your value
5: system to do that?
4: I mean, there's a lot of other factors involved, right? It's not. Yeah.
5: That there's other factors. It just happened to have been vulnerability was the one that really jumped at me this morning. I'm curious, why are they attacking him for that? For his sexuality?
0: Um, right
5: a couple of them, we don't know. One of them, which she, she has, made it very clear to Reverend Tony and I, we are not to tell the group. One of them is a former partner of his and she does not want that known by the group, but she constantly is attacking him. Hmm. He hates women. He hates anybody. It's monogamous. He's a pervert. I, it, yeah, that group is nuts. I'm telling yeah. you.
4: Something. I mean, I haven't read any. I haven't seen any of that because I haven't been on lately. But some of the stuff in there, geez.
5: Yeah. Okay. Well, you you know who it is then. You know the one that types in caps all the time. Um, I don't Christine. Recall. Oh,
4: the female. I was thinking of a guy. Yeah. Yeah,
5: female Christine. Yes. That's a former partner of Reverend Tony's. And she posts. We. She's actually kind of stalking him. Yeah, angry all the time. Yeah, and she's kind of stalking him. Like one of the posts she just put up in court in the group recently was like something he had responded to on somebody's private page. She found that post, brought it into the group, took it out of context and attacked them.
2: So he does he view this group as, a, as basically an opportunity for them to to voice perhaps the, the things that they Misunderstand and, and misinterpret, and and with hopes of having Holy Spirit, you know, reveal to them truth. I, I'm just curious if that's yeah. what his purpose of the.
5: Uh, well, it's supposed to just be a Course in Miracles group, open to
2: discussion. Well, and that's okay. I I, I mean, I have no no problem with any but of that. And I just I just wondered what his mission was with with that.
5: His his mission is just to be as involved with Course of Miracles students as he can be. Okay. And this is a forum of like it's over twelve thousand people in the group.
2: So- he chose to get a little defensive, so that that's the only reason I ask. I, yeah, you know,
5: well,
2: there was no need for him to do that if he was unless he was getting caught up in it himself. Which is, you know, it's okay too.
5: He's just tired of it. I mean, I he thinks about context. He's just tired of it. Yeah,
2: jump out of it then.
3: Let's on this this whole chapter about <laughs> uselessness. You know, really is. That's the whole crux of this whole process here. We're talking about truth and illusion, and truth is, and guiltlessness is. And you know, um, if we just learn that and on a cellular level, the guiltlessness, innocence that we are, and everyone is, truth is, guiltless, that's all you gotta do. You can go home, you know, you can close the book up. You know, it, I mean, maybe I'm seeing it too simplistic, but um, if if the ego is the symbol for guilt, and this world is the the in the form world is is manifestation of that. If we get rid of that one deep and deep six, that one program, hey, you're home. You, it, it, am I off base there?
2: What do you mean by deep sixing?
3: Well, I mean it's gone. You know, I mean all this form illusion. Is gone. It cannot hold up to the light of truth. In other words, and if, and if the light of truth is, in the darkness we label it as one word: guilt. Because this world, as it course, kind of says, is form is, is guilt is just an external form of the guilt that we feel like we, you know, we. Okay, you follow me? Yeah. So, so the crux of the whole biscuit would be the lynch log is is guilt. You know, just accept that you, ideas cannot leave their source. You are the extension and the idea of the mind of God, the Creator. And there is no guilt; it's just truth. So, why get all hot and bothered about all this world of form?
2: Well, I know, I know at times that I can go around and go, okay, well, you're forgiven, you know, or well, forget it. Don't worry about it. It's forgotten, it's gone, whatever, but somehow in, in in my mind, I haven't really let it go, yeah, you know uh, i still hold on to it somehow um so i don't i don't I don't really know how to effectively deal with that yet <laughs> but but uh, hopefully I will, and hopefully i'll I'll be able to realize what it's saying here that my guiltlessness is, is more important than my feelings of guilt. And if I, if I can ever convince myself of that.
3: Well, it goes back to your identification question. You know, who am I, you know, is that. You're going to form two complete, perfect worlds out of that one question. Hmm. Guilty, guiltless. You know, period or form, you know.
4: Um, I'm going to use a specific example for help in understanding this because I have felt guilt about one thing ever since I was a little girl and I can't let it go or haven't been able to, I've never felt like I can let go of guilt unless I apologize to that person for what I've done. Um, so this concept of you know, just choose to be guilt or guiltless, I, I, I am having trouble with this particular situation and and just just briefly when i was a little girl mm-hmm. i would steal money from my parents when i was like 10 and 10 to 12 they had, she had an envelope my mom had an envelope in her dressing room of money that she kept you know she kept cash and she had a housekeeper and they thought the housekeeper was taking the money i just wanted stuff i'd go to the dime store and just buy junk and i i'm so close to my parents I'm so close to my, I to my mom and dad. I, I can't even explain. This guilt has haunted me since I was little, and they to this day will talk about that housekeeper that took that money and how upsetting mm-hmm. that was to them. Oh. So, but to this day, I've never. They're the only. It's the only situation I've never been able to open up about and apologize. They're in their late 80s, and I think, you know, it just just let it go. And just don't bring it up, and and they're gonna they're gonna be hurt to know that it was me. And then I think I'm not gonna get to heaven. Then you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, you know, I, I'll read something in the book. In the hell
3: forever. It yes.
4: makes me think that I have to bring it up. I don't know why, and I can't remember what it is in the book that's made me think that. Sometimes I'll think, you know, they're gonna be gone someday, and they're gonna know what I did. They're just gonna know. And they're gonna be like, so disappointed in me. I just and so this whole thing around guilt. I have you know, I can um, you know choose to be guiltless. I I don't understand that in some cases like this.
3: If you're holding on, uh, so I look by going through your whole radar of your whole life, mm-hmm. have anything of that you feel is you haven't atoned. I mean, not a tongue that you got to really go back and pay for, but you've cleaned up, you know, to where you feel no hot button, no energy signature that's out of wave sync. That's, that's, that's as I see it. And if you have a fear, you know, of something like, well, it sounds like you have a fear of telling your parents, it's a fear. Okay, you know, it's an illusion. It's something that you're stuck in. Why are you stuck in it? What, what's your fear? Your fear that you're going to hurt mm-hmm. somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And we're just saying here, you can't, you show anybody, you can't be hurt. You know, nobody else can hurt you, you know? Um, no. Oh, but, but, they,
4: but they don't live by that
5: concept. Right. But my thought, and he kind of made things, kind, of, kind of started hanging the direction I was thinking, is you're assuming that you know they're going to be disappointed in you. And honestly, it, you know, I don't know exactly how old you are, but you know, I would think at this point, like if 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 I was to go to my parents and say, "You know, I was ten years old, and you thought the maid stole money; it was actually me," they would be like, "What the heck? You didn't tell us!" And they'd be laughing about it. It's,
2: it's an opportunity for to, you, don't it you, it's, it's you don't know, you know, you don't it. know. But it's not; it's not really. It, you know, if you, if you're going to carry that burden, then you know that's up to you. But yeah. you can release the burden and let let Holy Spirit deal with them the way Holy Spirit can deal with them. You don't know what that relationship is with them and Holy Spirit, and it and it could just it could be smoothed over in a heartbeat. You don't know, but it's not your responsibility. Your responsibility really is to you, because the Holy Spirit wants you. To know your guiltlessness,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and if that's what's holding you back, mm-hmm. then you need to let the Holy Spirit deal with you on your level, and let Holy Spirit deal with them on their level.
4: Does that mean I don't have to bring it up to my parents?
2: You, you don't have to. You can you can let it go, or you can. If you if it's such a burden on you, uh-huh. then I mean I did the same thing as a kid. We used to take kids out money out of our our parents door, they got to the point where they just started leaving some for us. You know? <laughs> but, but they 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 knew but uh, and there were things that you know I eventually confessed to the you know, my brother and sister did too that you know and our parents go well you know okay fine but they they had to resolve it because believe it or not our parents as as we uh, as parents learn how to cope with that we learn how to deal with them we learn how to forgive and and we have such a capacity for for forgiveness especially for the ones that we care about and love um uh, as maybe not as much as we do strangers but we with our family we do and and that's kind of a a lesson base for us but
3: well, it's a wonderful rich soup to examine put under the magnifying glass on why what are you holding on to of course you know is it what sort of fear is it because it's got lots of tentacles in there it's a rich soup it's got lots of you know all kinds of stuff in there yeah you know, perfection you know, all kinds of jazz
4: catholic guilt
3: you know, yeah and it's all about cleaning it all up you know and uh, you got a wonderful opportunity, Susan. Yeah. In front of you, something that's been as uh, a rock in your shoe all your life. And it, you know, you you got the opportunity to take it out.
2: I asked for those opportunities now.
3: Yeah, I do too. every day if you know, looking for another opportunity to forgive something or so, you know, if there's something I haven't cleaned up, show me, you know. Man, no. I, I
4: just want to do it the chicken way.
5: Well and I'll say it wasn't in my parents, but I had a situation um, I'm much more open about it now. But um, in my early 20s, I was doing an online ministry and didn't actually get sexually involved, but was very close to getting sexually involved with the pastor. Um, ends up, he had a sexual addiction. There was this whole other mess going on. But for me, that was like the most shameful thing in my life that I had been like sexually attracted to my pastor. <laughs> there has been some touchy feely stuff when I, you know, um, totally, totally shamed. And I was like, I can't tell anybody this is the worst thing ever. I can't believe I did this. <laughs> and then I finally, I was at retreat and we had to like, I forgot what it was, but it was like, they gave us a reading and you had to like, everybody had a different reading. You had to talk about the reading and apply it to your life. And I forgot what the reading was, but it was like, absolutely, basically like, you have to tell this story about this pastor that you were involved with. And I told it and it was like, okay, so we get done. And everybody was like, okay, you, know, you had to get feedback. And I was just like terrified. I was like, they're all gonna hate me. I'm supposed to be a leader in the church. I was, you know, playing handsy footsies with a pastor. And they were like, <laughs> the, the critique was, you just seemed really nervous while you were talking. We don't know why you were nervous. Yeah. And I was like, I just shared the most shameful thing of my life with you. <laughs> And they were like, Mm -hmm. You're in your twenties, you play touchy feely, we all do it. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: things are not as we say as we
5: that the the guild is much more in your mind than
2: That's mm -hmm. why it's such a burden because we we project so much out there more than 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 what it really is, and we have no idea how somebody else is gonna react or respond. And guess what? We're not responsible for it. <laughs>
3: uh, exactly I mean, right. It's just point blank. It, it's, <laughs> in, it's in your mind. That's the only place it is. <laughs> you know? It's not out there. It's just in your
2: mind. You know? It's okay to get it out. Yeah. All yeah. one. Feels good to get it out. Yeah, you know, I'd rather will bring it. us to understanding. It doesn't we we just don't relate that way. You know,
3: well, when you let your dirty clothes pile up, you know it's like, oh shit, there's another. Yeah, yeah. I better wash them and get it all done with. You know, and instead of looking at this stuff every day.
2: Yeah, there's still things I hang, hang on to like that. You know, and I, I look, I and I oftentimes hope that there's an opportunity for them to come back up because I don't, I don't think about all of them every day. You know, but when they do manage to rise to the surface. You know, I, now I'm getting to the point where I just walk in because it's an opportunity to let go.
3: Well, the law of the ego. It doesn't say it in the course, but it's this: there's a payoff for everything we do in form land here. Like Susan has a payoff for not telling her mom and dad and cleaning up this stuff. We all have a payoff. If we don't have a payoff, we don't we we don't do it, you know. Because yeah. and why is that? You know, it's because we believe that giving and receiving are different animals here. You know, it's a marketplace. Whereas we just got through reading here, the cost of giving is receiving, you know, that they're one and the same. I just just love the simplicity, you know, because it, it unturns the apple cart that we've been laboring under for X years.
5: Well, let's keep the apple cart rolling. Yeah, let's do it. Paragraph 73, Nathan.
3: What's that? Is Paragraph it
5: 73. It's my turn? It is.
3: Why not? <laughs> All right, seventy, seventy-three. okay. Whenever you decide to make decisions for yourself, you are thinking destructively and the decision will be wrong. Mm-hmm. It will hurt you because the concept of decision which led to it. It is not true that you can make decisions by yourself or for yourself alone. No thought of God's Son can be separate or isolated in its effects. Every decision is made for the whole Sonship, directed in and out and influencing a constellation larger than anything you ever dreamed of. Those who accept the atonement are invulnerable, but those who believe they are guilty will respond to guilt because they think it is salvation and will not refuse to see it and side with it. They believe that increasing guilt is self-protection. And they will... (laughs) fail to understand the simple fact that what they do not want must harm them. (sighs) What they what they want. Wait, 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 did I get that right? Yeah, what they do not want. Yeah.
4: All this arises because they do not believe that what they want is good. Yet will yet will was given them because it is holy and will bring to them all that they need coming as naturally as peace that knows no limits there is nothing their wills will not provide that offers them anything of value yet because they do not understand their will the holy spirit quietly understands it for them and gives them what they will without effort strain or the impossible burden of deciding what they want and need alone
0: it will never
5: happen that you will have to make decisions for yourself you are not bereft of help and help that knows the answer but would you be content with little which is all that you alone can offer yourself when he who gives you everything will simply offer it to you he will never ask what you have done to make you worthy of the gift of god ask it therefore not of yourselves i love that's like my favorite in the whole thing instead accept his answer For he knows that you are worthy of everything God wills for you. Do not try to escape the gift of God, which he so freely and so gladly offers you. He offers you but what God gave him for you. You need not decide whether or not you are deserving of it. God knows you are.
2: Would you deny the truth of God's decision and place your pitiful appraisal of yourself in place of of his calm and unswerving value of his son? Nothing can shake God's conviction of the perfect purity of everything that he created, for it is wholly pure. Do not decide against it, for being of him, it must be true. Peace abides in every mind that quietly accepts the plan which God has set for his atonement or correction relinquishing his own you know not of salvation or you do not understand it make no decisions about what it is or where it lies but ask of the holy spirit everything and leave all decisions to his general counsel
3: the one who knows the plan of god which god would have you follow can teach you what it is only his wisdom is capable of guiding you to follow it. <coughs> Every decision you undertake alone but signifies that you, would, that you would define what salvation is and what you would be saved from. The Holy Spirit knows that all salvation is escape from guilt. You have no other enemy, and against this strange distortion of the purity of the Son of God, the Holy Spirit is your only friend. He is the strong protector of your innocence, which sets you free. And it is his decision to undo everything that would obscure your innocence from your unclouded mind.
4: Let him therefore be the only guide that you would follow to salvation. He knows the way and leads you gladly on it. With him, you will not fail to learn what God wills for you. What God wills for you is your will. With him, you will not fail to learn. What God wills for you is your will. Without his guidance, you will think you know alone and will decide against your peace as surely as you have made the wrong decision in ever thinking that salvation lie in you alone. Salvation is of him to whom God gave it for you. He has not forgotten it. Forget him not and he will make every decision for you for your salvation and the peace of God in you.
5: Seek not to appraise the worth of God's Son, whom he created holy. for to do so is to evaluate his Father and judge against him. And you will feel guilty for this imagined crime, which no one in this world or heaven could possibly commit. God's Spirit teaches only that the sin of self-replacement on the throne of God is not a source of guilt. What cannot happen can have no effects to fear in your faith in him who loves you and would lead you out of insanity. Madness may be your choice, but not your reality. Never forget the love of God who has remembered you. For it is quite impossible that he could ever let his son drop from his loving mind wherein he was created and where his abode was fixed in perfect peace forever.
2: Say to the Holy Spirit only, decide for me and it is done for his decision are reflections of what God knows about you and in this light error of any kind becomes impossible why would you struggle so frantically to anticipate all that you cannot know when all knowledge lies behind every decision which the Holy Spirit makes for you learn of his wisdom and his love, and teach his answer to everyone who struggles in the dark. For you decide for them and for yourself.
3: How gracious is it to decide all things through him whose equal love is given equally to all alike. He leaves you no one outside yourself alone without you. And so he gives you what is yours because your father would have you share it with him. In everything, be led by him and do not reconsider. Trust him to answer quickly surely and with love for everyone who will be touched in any way by the decision. And everyone will be. Would you take unto yourself the sole responsibility for deciding what can bring only good to everyone? Would you know this?
0: You tell
4: yourselves the most unnatural habit of not communicating with your creator. Yet you remain in close communication with him and with everything that is within him as it is within yourself. Unlearn isolation through his loving guidance and learn of all the happy communication that you have thrown away but could not lose.
5: And I'll read to the end. It says, whenever you're in doubt what you should do, think of his presence in you and tell yourself this and only this. He leadeth me and knows the way which I know not. Yet he will never keep from me what I would have me learn. And so I trust him to communicate to me all that he knows for me. Then let him teach you quietly how to perceive your guiltlessness, which is already there.
3: Well, hmm. you know, it's this whole thing, of course, that was the title of the chapter was guiltlessness and all it didn't mention, I don't remember in this chapter about, there is no, about sin, there's no sin, and that it's just an error, you know, things that happen, is just an error, and, and uh, um, but, but that's the whole message there, is just accepting who we are again, and realizing the falsity, you know, and accepting the falsity of illusion of, of guilt. So Susan, with yourself there it's just an era you know, should you decide to speak to your parents about this, the stone that's in your shoe uh, you know it's just an era you know it's i mean it's a big deal you've probably done worse things you know in your life, you know than that, you know, but somehow know that this is your special um a special guilt, you know, that I don't want to let go of or something. And uh, maybe because those parents are in a special role, you know, and can't be violated because they're on a pedestal. Um, I think until we can take our parents off of a pedestal, it's or when we can, there's a great healing there because it, it really strikes to the heart of all special relationships. Yeah. And, and once we... Once we level that playing field from special pedestals are no longer round. That's that for me was a uh, a great awakening. Really, really was.
4: Yeah, I mean, just listening to everything you're saying, and reading this last section, I just feel like this huge relief. You know, I really, uh, I do have them up on a pedestal, and I think. The older they get, the higher that pedestal. They're further up on that pedestal because I worry about losing them. So,
2: you know, and the other thing, uh, the other thing is, is that Holy Spirit's got to work with them on their forgiveness, whether that person did it or not. You know, whether the maid did it or not, in their mind. Yeah. Okay. It's it's up to them to resolve that.
0: Yeah. Um,
4: I've just I've been confused about this whole thing about guilt every time it comes up in the Bible I mean in the Bible in the guilt and guiltlessness because um it almost it sounds like from what I read that we choose this guilt thing all the time like every day of our lives and I don't think I do that so I'm not clear that I'm whether I'm understanding what it means.
5: I think you you do, just not on a conscious level. Yeah, remember we talked about that before. There's like the conscious level, the unconscious, and then there's like the-
3: Subconscious.
5: Superconscious, I think some of the religions call it, of being that, you know, everybody spirit. Mm -hmm. And somewhere between the subconscious and the superconscious is the guilt, even though your mind may be saying no. (laughs) It's kind of like saying, I'm not a body. You know, my, bo- my mind goes, I'm not a body. And yet that doesn't stop me from breathing. You know, there's still that. There's something in me that goes at a deeper level. goes, yeah, yeah, you are.
2: Yeah, I think one of the, uh, one of the fears uh, or, or heavy guilts that I experienced in, in reading the Bible or reading the Course and uh, other things uh, was this idea of taking the place of God you know, of replacing God and, 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 and being God, you know, and when I, when we read this part uh, up here, I guess in paragraph 79 where it says God's spirit teaches only that the sin of self replacement on the throne of God is not a source of guilt. Well, makes me realize that the only reason I felt guilt or something like that because I didn't really believe I was of God. I I, I just kept feeling like I was separate and unwilling to accept that. You know, I I don't view it now as replacing God or becoming becoming God or anything like that. It's just being one. That's just being one. And and it's like that that fear and that guilt linger in the background of being one with God, and and that's part of why my I feel like my illusions continue is because that fear still lingers, or that guilt still lingers, and I'm I'm afraid of becoming who I truly am.
3: Yeah, I think you hit it on the nutshell there. We we have.
5: Well, I was just looking, we have one more short section, but the next week is actually shorter. So I think I'm just gonna bump it. To the, I mean, the last section's like a page and a half. So I'm gonna just bump that to next week. Okay. Um, Cause I look, next week's like four pages shorter than this week, go figure. So that way we're not rushing it. Yay. Well, let's close with a real quick prayer. And then for the two guys, if either of you wanna stay on, I can try to get you set up
3: on Facebook. I don't do Facebook on the general principle, so count me out.
1: You have <laughs> like to
3: stay on and talk if you like, but uh,
1: okay, no, now.
3: I'm not a Facebook kind of guy. Yeah.
5: Okay, we were just thinking that might be an easier way than email to, um, you know, if we want to discuss or communicate during the week. Nope.
1: Okay. <laughs> we'll, stick, so, we'll
5: stick with email so. then if everybody else is okay with email. Yeah. So we don't lose Nathan.
3: Uh, I'm never lost. I'm always there. So yeah.
5: Perfect. Sounds good. Well, let's just close out with a quick prayer here. <laughs> ah, we're just so grateful and thankful for the opportunity to join together. All the discussion, all the healing, all the sharing. We just are grateful for the opportunity to release any thoughts of guilt, any thoughts of shame or blame, any thoughts that we're vulnerable and just stand in the knowingness that we are the whole children of God, that we can accept the perception that God has of us. And so we just send blessings to this day. Send blessings to anything and all that we encounter, allowing ourselves to join with each person, knowing that each moment is a holy moment, a holy miracle. And so we just allow it to be, and so it is.
3: Amen. All right. Love you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
2: Absolutely, this is great.
0: (laughs) Okay, see you next week. Okay. Thanks. Bye.
5: Bye. Bye.